0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Here are your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowell.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode five of the draft special. We are the NFL Talking Heads. We are talking players to avoid this episode. Of course, the draft special, as always, is presented by RT Sports.
1: Everybody, go to RT Sports.com and check out the variety of of leagues available to you. One one league that looks absolutely amazing is the Commissioner Service League. This is a league where you make the rules. As the Commissioner, you can set up the league how you want it, hundreds of features. Live scoring, salary cap options, dynasty league support, blind bidding for free agents, um, all the different things, the adjustments that you've wanted to do to your league over the years. You want to spice it up. You want to add something to it. Um, RT Sports has you covered. And the best part about it, Jeff, is so this normally costs $89.95, but with the promo code Heads, it's free. Try it for free. Use the promo code Talking Heads. And again, go to rtsports.com.
2: Yeah, a really cool new feature they just added to this too, which is really interesting. And I think this sets up for like rivalry matchups in your league. You had those certain matchups, like when Seth and I play each other in the hometown league. That's that's an important matchup for one of us to win. Well, you could do uh, you could do a side head to head uh matchup against that one person you're playing this week, and whoever wins that matchup gets the side pot money bet so um look into that that's pretty cool yeah yeah, that's pretty cool so all right, draft special where we talked about players to avoid in the last episode uh your, your your notepad is full I'm sure at this point uh we're rocking and rolling. Uh, we've talked about players to target. We've talked about, obviously, our QB and tight end strategy. Uh, everything's really coming into shape, and we've talked a lot about more so the players and how we're approaching the positions. In this episode, we're really going to focus on players that we just want to make sure that you guys don't get. Um, now, of course, once it gets past around 8, I mean, there's still players that we don't like, but it's, it's so late that if you have... Uh, a good gut feeling if it's someone on your team that you watch a lot, you know, whatever. It's late enough where, you know, our main focus was rounds one through eight-ish. And uh, these are players that, we think even if they drop in the draft, there's still not really someone that we want to end up with at all at the end of the day. We're just, we're just not going to be happy with it. Because sometimes some players that we don't mind or you know we wouldn't mind having on our team, but we would want to get them at you know, a full round later or something like that, um, or even two rounds later. I'd say these people qualify as someone that we're basically going to avoid, and we really want to make sure that they don't end up on your team either. So with that being said, we don't have a huge list here, um, but we'll kick it off at the top. He's been sliding, and I'm not really sure. He, he came back to practice. He had a day off. Saquon Barkley has really been slipping, actually, in the first round. He was pretty much consistently consistently going in the top <coughs> seven, but now it's all the way down to, like, pick ten and yep. I, I was kind of reevaluating that. I'm like, well, that's a, that's a big difference because um, I think he was going as high as like five or six. So he's been dropping a lot. And so I've been looking at, yeah, so he was pretty much consensus number six for a very long time. And that that, that four-spot move, you know, is it's more pronounced in the first round. If I really want to take him off this list, and I kept him on, I, I took a look at it. I take a look at everyone going around him. I, I don't think it's worth the risk. I I just, I, I'm so off the Giants um, you know, can he be a decent play? Of course. I'm, I'd rather have Eckler. Um, he's got injury concerns. Basically everything since his rookie year just hasn't been good, uh, hasn't been great. And I think even the second year, there was he was playing a lot and wasn't super productive. So I've got Barkley in the first, you know, even dropping all the way to 10th as a running back. Um, I, <laughs> I know that obviously you can talk about the upside, but I I want people, I want everyone to avoid him. Do you think I'm going out too much on the limb there, or no, no?
1: I, I think he's like he's a polarizing player now that he's at he's dropping because I, I could totally see the other the other side to this where you know if if you're picking 10th or 11th and you can get Saquon, we're talking about in you know we're talking about like a, a top five, top four, top three talent, a player that you you not you wouldn't be able to get. Um, you know, you'd never be able to get up in that range picking at, at pick ten, and now you have access to him. But I, I'm with you. I'm I'm so off the Giants' offense, and it's something about Saquon that I'm just I just don't have a good feeling about it. And like he had he had this, he had a great rookie season, um, came out like gangbusters. Second season wasn't bad. Played 13 games, solid numbers, but he didn't he didn't you know even the numbers in his second season when he was fairly healthy wouldn't warrant him going in the first round, and then. Last year, he only played one. He got injured in the second game of the year. Um, but he didn't really have much running room in the, in the first game and a half. The, the the Giants offensive line has been pretty bad. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I, I, the value, like, it's one of those, like, do you go with your head or do you go with, like, your, your gut, right? Like, I, you look at that, if someone just looks at value, be like, okay, that's a good value for Saquon. I can't pass it up. Me, I'm with you. I'm going Tyree Kill there. I'm going Austin Echo there. um there, there's. There's enough players that I would still rather go with that are are just much safer and still have, you know, a lot of firepower, a lot of upside.
2: Yeah. And and a lot of times when it's this early in the draft, it could be obviously a multitude of factors on why you're passing on someone. And when someone has a potentially low floor the way that Barkley does going in the first that, you know, that 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 worries me a lot. Uh, I don't really know if his upside is as high as we all would like it to be, or that a lot of people would claim it to be. When when someone hasn't produced and done something, and there's like one outlier year, and there's not like multiple years behind it, you know, I I, I think you could still ask yourself and, and and say, you know, is is he really as great as we all claim that he is, just because of one season? I mean, so I think that can still be true, even though he's physically really talented. So for that reason, we're just, you know what, L- let's just pivot away from Barkley. We're moving on where there's really good options around him. You're going to be safe. The second on the list right there early mid-second is Antonio Gibson. Um you know, this is this is one where I don't know if we could necessarily get burned, but it's just he, He's going. There's just not enough information. I always talk about these running backs that get super elevated. Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, last year, right? They actually are. They're touching the ball. They're the starters, and then we like over elevate them. Like I think Gibson kind of is who he is. I think he'll do a lot more of what he did last year. I just, I just don't think there's any way he's gonna. I don't. I don't really want to run the risk of getting a Washington running back, and he's not able to uh produce at an elite level where again because of where he's going you have to take him over DK Metcalf.
1: Yeah, which is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not taking him. I mean I, I think all along I've been a little bit more pro Gibson than you. I'm in in general I'm still on your side like I, he's just going I, mainly because his there's, there's DK Metcalf and there's Calvin Ridley in the second round. I I would take both of them over Gibson. Um I, I I'm a little bit more in, and Cam Akers would be on all our player. Probably our, or at least my players to avoid list before he got injured. I was completely off Cam Akers. We're completely off Swift. I think Gibson like I think he's a little bit too pricey, a little too expensive for my taste, but I don't mind him as a player. I, I don't feel the way I feel like about him, but like, like I do about Swift or I do about Akers. Like I think the Washington offense is going to be good. I, I think that it's a case where you're going to probably overpay for Gibson but like you said he's not going to burn you. He's going to be solid. Um I'm just I'm just not taking him over with Calvin
2: Ridley and DK Metcalf. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so there is enough red flags where I just don't think you have to pay up that price there. Um and staying in the second round, I guess we're just going to kind of go in order here, a little opposite there now we're bouncing around on the players. To target, keep it fresh here. Keep it, keep it. Everybody, keep keep everyone's head on a swivel. (laughs) Uh, your pick, which is one that you know, I'll kind of let you walk us through this one. You know, I'll and I'll give mine. I'm not exactly on the same page here, but that's uh, that's Mixon, Joe Joe Mixon, Mixon, yeah, 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 I, I, you know, like,
1: I I get the I get the case for him. He's he's solid. He's in on a good offense. He's, he's the guy, right? He's your every down back. He's going to catch some passes. My thing with, with Mixon is he's just – he's not good in any one area. He's had injury issues, number one. Number two, like he doesn't catch enough passes, right? He'd ha- he's never caught 50 balls in his career. And granted, last year he only played six games. He could have a breakout year, but he's entering his – you know, he's entering his fifth season. I, I feel like Joe Mixon is who he is. He's, he's never been that explosive – that tantalizing prospect that we expect he would be expected. He would be coming out of Oklahoma that just hasn't materialized. He's been solid. He's steady. I just don't want to take a running back like that in the second round. Like you can get Josh Jacobs end of the third. You can get James Robinson in the fifth. And I'm not saying that like, if all things are equal, they're better than Mixon, But I think given the discount you can get when you take them, the value is better there. And, um, and again, we'll keep going back to DK Metcalf and Calvin Ridley. I'm not taking Mixon over either of those players. And, uh, you know, he, he's not going to, if, if you're going to take Metcalf, like I would take Metcalf and Ridley over Mixon, I'm just never going to end up with Mixon. Right. I'm, I, I'm probably taking, you know, the Terry McLaurin's the world over Mixon too. Like I just, to me, Mixon is a, is a late third round player. He would have to be going in the middle to late third round for me to want to take him. I'm just, I'm just like, a lot of things have to happen in order for Mixon, in order for me to to like feel like feel good about taking Mixon. Like he has to stay healthy. That offense has to be really good again. He has to start catching the ball. He's never, he's not, it's not like he's a double touchdown guy. He's never been in his career. He had eight touchdowns in his second year. So, you know, he's if he's healthy, he's a good bet to be a, a thousand yard running back. You know, somewhere in the five to eight touchdown range. Probably catch you forty balls. Um, Very solid. He's a Miles Sanders type receiver. Miles Sanders is going around later, around or two later. So I'm just off on Joe Mixon. I just, he just doesn't have the, to me, he doesn't have the upside. And with his injury issues, I'm just, I'm staying away.
0: It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
2: so here's where I'm at, and maybe maybe I'm actually on your your side of the fence. Like I guess I'm not going to get any shares of Mixon. I, I didn't want to put him on here because I don't want to tell people to avoid him because I think he's a, a, a fine player. I don't think he's a super avoid. So that's usually when you when we were talking about it and you put him on here, I'm like, well, I don't want to like I don't think he's that bad. But I'll, at the same time, I'm I'm not going to have any shares of him either. Where he's going, I'll have zero shares. So maybe. Maybe I am on your side of the fence here, because like I like I'm not gonna take him over DK Metcalf or Calvin Ridley. Not gonna happen, as you said.
1: Yeah, like to me, yeah. And there's different levels to I think players to avoid. At least for me, like there are some players I'm avoiding because I hate them, and there are some players that I'm avoiding because I just know I'm never gonna have shares of them because there's multiple players that I like a lot better in that range, and I just think they're overvalued. Um, So he's kind of like that's that's who he is for me. And I keep going back to James Robinson. And I know they got ETN and it's a little bit unclear, you know, what what that's going to look like to start the season. But I would rather wait three rounds to grab James Robinson. I mean, James Robinson, if you look at their numbers, um, like James Robinson, obviously you got to add ETN in, but James Robinson is like, what's the difference between him and Joe Mixon? Now, maybe he regresses a little bit because there's ETN there. Fine. I get t- I get a, a two round discount. Or three round discount rather. I'm having trouble with math today because it's <laughs> because the day, because the, the day that ends in y. Yeah, and why. Exactly. and um, and then yeah, and, and then you you grab a running back a little bit later to um to hedge a little bit or to, to supplement that more you know like unsure pick with, with James Robinson. I'm just Joe Mixon to me has never felt like I never the last couple of years. He's always going a little too high for me. He doesn't feel like a, a, a second round running back.
2: Yeah, and sometimes these players, when they haven't actually produced, kind of like a Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders, they kind of really revert back to maybe where they should be in the first place. Maybe because of the, maybe because of the excitement with the offense that he's actually going high. Where I feel like the, his receivers are actually generally priced, like I talked about last uh, episode. But maybe maybe the running back with Mixon isn't. Um, I, I guess in all I don't hate Mixon, but I'm with you in the sense of like I'm not gonna end up with him. He's he seems to be, generally speaking, too average. He hasn't really put anything together the full season to make you think, well, why can't I get this in, you know, a full round later or something like that? So I'm with you there. And and so I guess I guess I'm kind of on your side there. I just I just convinced you, but I I, I feel like Mixon and there's
1: a lot of similarities from Mixon and Miles Sanders in terms of like their stats, they seem like the kind of the same kind of fantasy running back. And you watch them coming out of college, and they were look explosive. We were really excited about their prospects. And when you watch Miles Sanders and you watch them mix in the NFL, it doesn't ever seem like they're moving at full speed. It looks like I don't know, you know how to explain it. I don't know if you're, you're kind of seeing the same thing I'm seeing. I, I don't see like like a, like a like I can't miss prospect when I see them. I, I look at them as a very. Like, definitely, when it comes very to like, average
2: definitely when it comes to an athlete in terms of playing on the field, but obviously there's a lot of differences when it comes to you know the team and the offense and the snap percentages that if mixon and yeah. Sanders were healthy i mean the, those two things should be vastly different, but to your point, you know Josh Jacobs could be a similar category of should be the lead back should be the goal line back not going to catch a hundred you know not going catch a ton of passes but um And so here's the other thing, too, with Mixon that is kind of interesting. Like, So he's going 208. Well, that means that it's the fourth overall pick, right? So that's pretty much a running back every single time. So whoever's picking in this spot at 208 already has a running back. So in theory, if you are that person who's picking at 208-ish, 207, 209, whenever Mixon's kind of going— you should already have your running back and if you're following our strategy you're going to wait for your RB2. There's there's literally no reason to add Mixon uh, other than like he's stable, which we've already discussed other options and stability when you already have the stud running back you got in the first round. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That even that strengthens the case against Mi- Mixon even more. Yep.
2: So Moving on to the third, we have one player that – one player that – let me get another drop ready here. uh, DeAndre Swift. Dead to me. (laughs) Could not be any more dead to me. I mean, get Um, this guy out of my
1: life. Yep. I don't want any part on... I mean, the only thing you could say about Swift, aside from like if you're a believer in him as a talent, um, is they're they they they're going to they're gonna have to throw to somebody on that offense. I mean, their top two receivers, I believe, are Tyrell Williams and Brashard Perriman. Um, you have, obviously, you have Hawkins in there, but they don't have any receivers. There's no more Kenny Galladay. Marvin Jones went to Jacksonville. So... But but it's it's gonna be a really bad offense. Jared Goff is is washed and I mean they're gonna be behind, which which you could say maybe that's good for Swift, but they're just not gonna be able to stay on the field, like to sustain drives. And we always talk about this with running backs. It's it, it always comes back to 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 bite them, right? If if they can't stay on the field, their offense isn't good, they're not scoring. Yes, he might have some catches, he might be like a JD McKissick type, have 80 catches, but the touchdowns won't be there. Um you know, there's also questions as to like, is he really going to be an every-down back? They have Jamal Williams there, um, who is is gonna who has become one of the all-time, you know, fa- fantasy vultures for uh, for backup running backs that just vultures touches and just stuff from the starting running back. I know I had Aaron Jones last year, um, so I, I just don't want any part of any of any pieces of this Detroit offense, and especially not DeAndre Swift, who's going in the third round. Had a nice rookie season last year, but um,
2: yeah. There's a saying. I, I there's yeah, just there's I don't know. A, there's a saying that you know you can't go broke taking profits, and uh, I'm definitely not going to go broke and lose the league because I didn't draft the Detroit Lions. Mike that's just not going to happen. Okay, he he's getting drafted at RB eighteen. He finished RB eighteen last year at forty catches. I get it. Like he's one of the only people there, but at the end of the day. You know, that's who he is. I just, there's no need to add Detroit Lions on your team.
1: Nope. I agree. And, and if we're wrong about him, we're wrong about him. But there's, at that point in the third round, well, there's there's the Terry McLaurin types. There's plenty of other really good players. Like, even if we're wrong about him, we probably hit on whoever we took in his place. So exactly. we'll we'll, li- we'll live with that.
2: Moving on, third round still, you have Kittle. Walk us through that one.
1: Yeah, I just think... I don't know. I mean, I mean, Kittle can't stay healthy. I, I think if you're not gonna, you really have to make a decision with tight end. And we talked about our, our tight end strategy. It, it's a, it's a very top heavy, like it always is. And if you're not gonna get, if you're not gonna commit to grabbing Travis Kelsey or spending the draft capital needed to grab Darren Waller and you know probably the late second round, then I, I think you 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 play the waiting game a little bit with tight ends. You you look in the you know maybe the Logan Thomas range. You wait till for Mike Gusecki in the later rounds. Um, you know, I don't think you go and get um, Hawk uh, um, Kittle. I don't think you go and get Hawkinson. Um, I mean, Kittle has just in terms of pure talent, he's, he might be the, the most talented, um, best athlete, you know, appetite and position. And he had those back to back years when he had over 80 catches over a thousand yards, but not, 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 only can he not stay healthy, um, and I, I guess he's only missed. He missed half the season last year, but he's been banged up other years. San Fran is, is a running team. I just it doesn't seem like he's ever going to catch enough touchdowns to warrant grabbing him in the third round. The, the value above replacement for me at that point, when you look at the other players available in that same range in the third round, the Terry McLaurins. I keep coming back to Terry McLaurin because, well, well, why the hell not? Right. He's there. He's. A.J. Brown, Dave Montgomery, this plenty of other players that in that range, I'm just gonna I'm gonna take them over George Kittle. I just I don't want to reach. I, I, the gap is probably decent between George Kittle and the next best tight end, whoever. You know, I, just, let me pull up some ADPs right here, real quick, and look at. The well, tight I'll, end I'll jump in
2: it. and and say that.
1: You know, I. I, do, I do, really, do you agree? Do you agree? Or I, I'm getting the sense that you don't really agree.
2: No, this is going to be another Joe Mixon thing where, like, I definitely don't. Were you you trying to have it both ways? (laughs) One of those things. Yeah, I'm trying to pull a Seth. You know what else is new (laughs) over here? Um, take a stand over there. Why don't you? In the third round, uh, I'm again. I'm not going to have any shares of him. It's just slightly too pricey. I really wish. I mean, I really wish he was in the fifth, kind of like where Darren Waller was going. You know, th- that's where I got all of Darren Waller shares last year, because then at that point I can go and, and get him. I, he, he was on pace for 90 catches, uh, over 80 catches last year. He's for the most part actually played a lot of games, back to back years over 80 80 receptions. So I think that I think that if you can get that in the third round, you're going to be good as long as he's. Obviously healthy, he's going to, and he hasn't really proven that he's always injured. Is but but I think it's the other finer things that kind of round out the fact that it's just a little too pricey, and we should be staying out of the third round with Kittle, you know, because he's not going to have a hundred catches. He's on San Fran, like you said, the touchdowns are always going to be ran in, unless something really changes with Trey Lance, which is possible. Um, and I think he's definitely a third round skip, but if he is, it possibilities that he goes to the fourth, then I, I would be a lot more intrigued
1: yeah I I just think you got to make a decision if you're gonna invest in in tight ends you get Kelsey or Waller if not then you you sit out the George Kittle sweepstakes you sit out Kyle Pitts you probably sit out Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson um and then you got Logan Thomas Noah Fant Tanyan it's not sexy but there's just too many good receivers going in rounds three four and five that's where I'm spending my draft capital Um,
2: in the third round, I agree. So uh,
1: once again, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah. And part of it is like, I I don't, I'm closer on to like, I I really don't like Joe Mixon. I do like George Kittle and he's like, in terms of his athletic ability and his, his physical gifts, like I I like him a lot and I've owned him in in recent years. Um, and again, if he was the fourth round, I might feel differently. I I just feel like I don't hate him. I just know I'm not going to have any shares of him.
2: Okay, moving on, uh, sticking with tight ends, sticking right to the next round. Uh, we talked about this in our rookie episode, but Kyle Pitts, I think, just needs to be a, a hard yeah. pass. To just, just a hard pass. There's way too much talent there and way too much unknown with Pitts. This, this to me, is pure jubilation, you know, in this pick right here. Uh, easy, easy over there. <laughs> Sometimes easy I can't deal. say words. Sometimes, you know, I, I surprise people. But this is pure exuberance, Seth. Okay. Oh, geez. You put 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 away the thesaurus over there. All right. <laughs> uh, but but you you <laughs> you're picking up what I'm putting down, right? And like the the idea that we're drafting a tight end rookie in the fourth round with hundred catch yeah. receivers is not a recipe for winning
1: a championship. S- silly, absolute silliness. Well, yeah. Because if you're gonna do that, if, if for me, if I'm gonna get Pitts in the fourth, I'd rather just have Kittle in the third, who we already said 100
2: 100 percent. Like that's not because, that's not even close.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.
1: Because even if Pitts is, yeah, I mean, even if Pitts is the best tight end prospect ever, which some people think he is, is he going to be? Is he going to be better than George Kittle? No, and George Kittle's safer. We've seen him do it before. So yeah, you know. Let's yeah, and I, I easy me, one. I
2: know. I know we're going order in order, but let's just we got one other tight end that I truly hate. I guess I mean I, I just discovered that I hate him as as, as of the, like the last episode or two when we did the tight end strategy. Dallas Goddard. Dallas yeah. Goddard is dead to
1: me. Well, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I I just I just hate the Eagles' offense. I mean, the, like let's talk about some of these offenses real quick that. Just to just to make it easy, just for for future as these players come up in these offenses, um, Philadelphia, I'm out on those off. Op- I'm, I'm players on
2: Philadelphia, I'm out on out, Giants outside players. of Hertz though. Right, like can't you see Hertz like still being productive yeah, 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 yeah. of where he's going? And you, I think you said the same thing about yeah, the. I do
1: like I do like Hertz, and I own him in a dynasty league. Um, it's hard not to like him because of his rushing ability. He could put up some big numbers. But in terms of their the running backs, like, like I'm off Miles Sanders. I'm off the, – they don't receiver. really have any wide receivers. Devontae yeah. Smith, I'm off of. Tight ends. Um, same thing with Giants players. Same thing with Detroit players. Um, you know, there are several teams when I – Miami Dolphins, be, Jets. Definitely the Jets. Uh, you know, the, the Jets are in like a different category. Like it, we, the Jets, yeah, it goes without saying. Um, Houston Texans,
2: except for uh, – one guy with my Yeah, I'm trying
1: to th- yeah, I'm trying to think of some players that do have some talent, but like their offense is bad. The Texans just have no talent on their entire offense,
2: so it's it's same thing with the Jets. But um although we do have one of their players I think on our bench strategy coming up, but that's yeah, a little different, well, but yeah. Well, yeah, if, if
1: if their best player in their offense is someone that fits nice into our, you know, high floor bench strategy, um that's still a bad offense. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> It uh,
1: couldn't, couldn't have been said any better. So I'm off Dallas Goddard, Goddard too.
2: I just – Okay. Now, man, it, it, it's ugly. It's, we, we don't need to belabor uh, the point though. Uh, We've talked about tight ends. Yeah. Let's see where you stand on this one. I put this down. We haven't talked about it. It's it's on my list uh, when we were kind of reviewing it. Uh, I didn't hear anything from you, but I, I got Julio Jones. Uh, I, interesting. I, I, just 32 years old. I, I get he's Julio. Um I don't a new offense. I get he's Julio. Uh, we know it's going to be lower passing, even if it's not, uh, you know, not even if it's not as bad as it was last year because they have another weapon. It's still, it's still ten- still Tennessee. It's still their identity, just like Minnesota. You're not going to take it out of them. It, I just, I don't feel like the price is right. Uh, am I playing with fire? This, is, which year is it going to be that Julio just can't perform? Is it, is it a possibility that? He can really like dramatically outperform his ADP. Uh, I think so, but where I, where he's going, I'm this. I I'd rather not risk it.
1: Man, this is this is a tough one. This is one for me. I I gotta tell you, I I, I kind of like. I, I'm I'm a little. I'm a, I'm not with you on this one. I, it is risky now. Well, I have a lot of shares of Julio. It's tough to say because there's Amari Cooper. There's a lot of receivers that we like going that range. And he is going from a pass-heavy team to the opposite of that—a team that, that doesn't throw the ball. Out. They have Derrick Henry. They pound the rock. They control—they you know—they they control time possession, and they have—they have AJ Brown on the perimeter. Um, they, they're really efficient. I think Julio can have a 10 touchdown year. Like I think he can have a big touchdown year. Will he have? You know, what do his what what do his receptions and in, in yards look like? I think he can get 10 touchdowns. And I also feel like his stock has taken a hit because of the move to Tennessee. His ADP has taken a hit. So a lot of that is baked into where his, his ADP is currently at. Um, I do think you're still getting Julio Jones, even at the age of 32, at a little bit of a discount in the fourth round. Um, but it's tough because do you take him over Amari Cooper. It's, it's really tough to do that. I mean, Amari Cooper, is he's been doing it. He's younger. You know, different just, offense. I, I don't know if I'd say probably a better offense on paper. Well, there's so, also there's also more certainty around his situation, and he's going a little bit later. And you got you got Robert Woods and you got Mike Evans in that category. So I'm not avoiding Julio. I, I, honestly, I'd be happy We see if Julio, Robert Woods, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, um, you know, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup. I'd be happy with any of them. It's 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 like you're really in a no lose situation. Um, but if I was to rank them, would Julio be my my first choice? No, and he's going ahead of all of them. So yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I just think there's there's a real scenario where, where Julio has he's rejuvenated, his first year in Tennessee, he's playing for a really good team. He's um playing alongside AJ Brown. They have Derrick Henry who's gonna command a lot of attention from opposing defenses. I just think there's a scenario where where Julio has like that 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 one last really, really good season.
2: Yeah. I'm not, definitely can't rule that out with someone like Julio. Um, I, and again, as I said in the, one of the other episodes of the draft special, I tend to err on the side of a little bit more caution, especially if I feel like, you know, his upside because he actually doesn't typically catch 10, 10 touchdowns, you know, in, in a high passing volume offense, he, he typically doesn't. So could he do it with Tennessee? Sure. Of course he could, but He hasn't. He hasn't proven that. He hasn't proven that, you know, he has ever played alongside anyone nearly as good as A.J. Brown also. Um, And then, you know, just new offense and everything else. Um, Not a huge concern about injury because when you really look back at it, he's actually playing a lot of the games. He just doesn't like practice and he's questionable leading into every game. But there's – I mean, I just listed off, you know, a number of items that is going to cause me to say I'm just – not going to draft him i'm going to feel more secure over amari cooper who literally plays every single game he's younger um is in a, a better passing offense of situation and also a situation where we, all, we we already know how he works in the offense so for those reasons i'm going to be avoiding julio jones
1: fair enough Fair enough. Um, I, I want to get to one player because I know you've got a lot of players and a lot of these players we agree on. So it makes it really easy. I've, I've added a few players as well. um, Like I added George Kittle. I want to get to another player that I've added and really see where you come down on this player because he, he's one of the the bigger question marks. I think early on I liked him a little bit more than I, than I did. And then now as time goes on, I've really just been completely off him. And that's Kareem Hunt. Um, He's going in the fourth round and – what really puzzles me about Cream Hunt is like, what do we view him as? Like a year ago, it was like, okay, he's he's the handcuffed to, um, to Nick Chubb, and it's like, okay, well, you could you could start him even when you start Nick Chubb, he can catch the ball. He's this big pass catcher guy. They're gonna use him as receiver, and then we saw last year where, you know, he he played a full sixteen game season. He played a few games without Nick Chubb, didn't register a single touchdown in any of those games. And he finished the season with only 38 catches the year before he was on pace for 74 catches off of a smaller sample size. So it's like, what is Kareem hunt? Exactly. He's had 11 or more twins, 11 or more touchdowns in every year, but one year in his entire career, he had 11, 11 touchdowns last year, total touchdowns, when he, you know, receiving and rushing combined. So can he sustain that level of, of touchdown out, you know, production, um, I think one of the reasons why I don't like him is I just don't think I think I'm at with where I'm at with Kareem Hunt is. I don't think there's enough left over from Nick Chubb for Kareem Hunt to be to for us to expect anything better than what we got last year, which was sub 1000 rushing yards, um, sub 50 catches. And, you know, he if he can get you double digit touchdowns. Great. I don't know if he can do that again. Um you know, the first two years he was in Kansas City it was a completely different situation. The year before last year, he had three touchdowns total. Um, well I was on pace for six touchdowns. So I just think he's I think the touchdown output comes down for Kareem Hunt. And I think in terms of everything else, I think that is what we can expect moving forward. And in the fourth round, there's just not a lot of upside there. I, I would rather take some swings either at a lot of the receivers we talked about or, you know, wait in, in and you know grab James Robinson or Travis Etienne there's just too many other running backs later on I think the 4th round is too pricey for somebody like Kareem Hunt who is who's a glorified um, he's he's part of a two-headed monster in that in that backfield
2: but he's 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 not Nick Chubb He's not Nick Chubb but and this is a, this is a really interesting uh, one here and, and definitely one where you know if you're listening to a podcast like you, you want you want someone to break down This type of player, right? It's polarizing. Uh, How do you how do you analyze Kareem Hunt and his value with everything that you kind of laid out? And I, I I'm gonna have to actually disagree. I think that Kareem Hunt has shown, and the Cleveland Browns have shown that they're gonna utilize him. Sure, did he get to play four games without Nick Chubb? Yeah. But I mean, in the other games leading up into the season, Week Four, when Nick Chubb was there, right? Nick Chubb was playing Week Four. Um, that might have been when he got hurt. Uh, but Week w- end of the season, uh, Kareem Hunt still had twenty point games. He had a, he had a twenty point game Week Two against Cincinnati when Nick Nick Chubb was playing. They had, he had a twenty point game in Week Fourteen when Nick Chubb was playing. He has had double digit games. He's not as appealing, obviously, with Nick Chubb there, but he was also the 10th running back last year, and now he's being drafted as a 24th. So as a lot of times you allude to kind of his value being baked in appropriately um, with all those factors like Julio Jones, I think everything here shows that Kareem Hunt, especially when he's going just in front of James Robinson and Travis Etienne, who like basically is in a similar scenario with, with more uncertainty, um and knowing that cream hunt i never like to play the whole injury you know he could be the number one wide receiver because i think that he basically can return his value rather easily as rb24 where he's being drafted i mean he's going behind mike davis for crying out loud yeah there's there's no problem drafting cream hunt i mean he's going to come in and he's going to be in rb2 and if you need an RB2 in that spot or, you know, God forbid you haven't drafted anyone yet, might be a, might be, maybe that's a decent time to, to draft him when you don't have anyone, you want a little more security. He's going to touch the ball. He's going to touch the ball, what, 150? He had 200 carries last year. How many of those were inflated because of those four games? Let's say they get, he got an extra 10 carries per game, which would be a decent amount. You can remove 40. So it was still what have had 150, 160 carries.
1: Yeah, I I think with me it mainly just comes down to there's just too many other players that that I I like in that range. I feel like I've been saying that a lot, but it's it's also like where you really got to be selective and really got to be strategic about where you're getting your running backs. And I I think, and this is why in in most years, I think Kareem
2: Hunt is one of those picks that sometimes you look back at the end of the year and 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 probably even more so last year. Like where was he going last year? This is probably would you know make a lot of people upset that they didn't pay extra. no, he went in the fifth round last year, actually, 5.05, basically the same spot. And so someone could have made that pick last year, which is almost where he's going right now, 4.12. And then been like, man, you look at back at the end of the year in the middle of the season, and you're like, man, that, that was a smart pick. You know, it's not sexy, and he's going to go out there and do what he does. I think, that's, I think that is what Kareem Hunt is. I think that's what that pick is. And I don't think it should be avoided. All right. Well, you know what?
1: I like I like that we disagree on a lot of these because I think this might be a year when we have we we're not butting heads as much for during the draft for the same player. I feel like this well, might this, be a year. I mean, well, there's we're, a lot of
2: players that we do like, but I guess I guess maybe there might be different players that might fall to us that we might surprise each other on who we're drafting if we're not avoiding well, the same players.
1: All right. Well, so I got a question for you on cream hunt, then, because. This is part of why – part of the reason why I'm, I'm a little bit off Kareem Hunt too. And, and then we don't have this other player on our, our players. Um, we, we didn't have him on any of our lists, um, not to target, not to avoid. But what about Chase Edmonds? are going around later than Kareem Hunt. You can get him around later. And I'm just wondering what the difference is. He, he's got James Connor there, which you know, we might be talking about him later on. Um,
2: well, the difference I, I think I, is – I think the difference is, is pretty clear. I mean just, I'll just cut you off. I,
1: well, I mean, we're talking about somebody who had the deal with Kenyon Drake last year and still caught 53 balls. Now he's going to be the starter or, or 1A. I, I just think – yeah, I, I mean, first I, of all I – think, I think from a rushing standpoint, I think he's going to be as good as Kareem Hunt. And he's already demonstrated that he's a really good pass catcher, and he's going around later. The big thing with Kareem Hunt is the touchdowns and the fact that, that Cleveland just runs the ball so damn much. But I, I, I would rather have Chase Edmonds around later. I, I just think he's got a little bit more upside.
2: I would say that assuming Nick Chubb stays healthy that Chase Edmonds probably does have a little bit more upside but I think for you answered some of the some of the reasons I mean, we're only talking about a round right so it's relatively close and some of those reasons is we still don't really know Chase Edmonds so there's a little bit of uncertainty there we don't really know if he's going to be like a can he where, where's the touchdowns coming from cuz Kyler Murray gets them all and then will he get goal line carries we don't know um can he handle a a larger workload Mm, tough to say so cream hunt is basically locked and loaded as just a little bit more of a secure rb2 i think that they are fairly similar but i just think that you're getting a little more security um and then and you've, you've you've he's proven it um he's he's a better running back too right so i think that's why he's going one round earlier i think it's Pretty justifiable. I can, you know, if you want to get more value, and you you say that I like the upside and the value in Chase Edmonds. Okay, that's fine. All right,
1: good. Well, you know, you get Cream Hunt. I'll get I'll get Chase Edmonds.
2: Yeah, Cream Hunt's going at the end of the you know four. So a good question for both of us. Let's do this question. Well, actually, you don't like Cream Hunt, so I'm guessing you you're sitting there at five hundred one. Kareem hunts on the board. James Robinson's on the board. The the end of the fourth round is, you know, doesn't look attractive. I guess I guess we'll be picking Tyler Lockett pretty early.
1: Um, exactly. I was, I was just gonna say, yeah. I I mean I, I either go James Robinson or I take. I mean, where's where's yeah? Either James Robinson or I are probably overdraft Tyler Lockett. Not overdraft, but I I reach a little bit and grab him make sure that i have him
2: yeah um actually i'm just looking at running backs. Or, or do i roll or do i roll there's, the there's, dice? there's a lot of running backs that you know uh, i'm not too sh- i think i think kareem hunt's going in a really appropriate spot especially when it comes to the other running backs around him and the mike davis two people before that is miles gaskin you know they really want to draft miles sanders at early in the fourth or just wait a whole round and get kareem hunt you know I don't, know, I don't know how many times we keep playing that game we'll go one round later get get a lesser quality yeah. player <laughs> yeah uh, so it, it, I think it's he's a polarizing pick and I think one where you look back in the middle of the season and say that uh, that's a solid pick it just doesn't look super attractive on draft day and that's my and, opinion.
1: and you know while we're on the subject of James Connor should we just should we just get to him too I mean I think we we both agree we're we're avoiding James Connor yeah I mean like James... Dead to
2: me. Why is this guy going before round ten?
1: It's clearly Chase Edmonds' job to lose. It's it's his team in terms of like he's the running back that you want to own. I mean, James Connor was given all the opportunity. Number one, he, the guy talk about a player. I know I, I ride on Caleb for not staying healthy when maybe I was a little too, too harsh on him. But James Connor really can't stay healthy. He's never played a full sixteen game season. Um, he's missed three or, three or more games every single year since his rookie season. And there's Um, no
2: way he's catching the ball in Arizona. Like you might look at it and say, well, he caught 35. That's not bad. But in Arizona, he's not going to catch the ball because that's going to be Chase Edmonds job for one. And, and for two, (laughs) that's it. I mean, Chase Edmonds is going to get that job on third down. So you eliminate all of those points through the air. He's not getting them. Plus he'll be dead because he's gonna be injured and so he won't be on the field. I, this is he's this is he's hard, he's, he's, gonna,
1: he's one of those players that you're going to have... It's just going to be a, a roster issue. You, he's he's very average, and he's never healthy. Um, so you're always going to be like... Like, why caught, is like, he going uh, in the eighth roster. round? Yeah, I don't know. I, but I don't know why Lockett's going in the fifth
2: round. So... <laughs> Uh, all right, so Cream that was town. that was easy to cover. He's dead. Um, yeah. I, I can't. We, we, we just killed him off. <laughs> I can't wait to do same player, uh, same player, different round, which is our next episode, everyone. So I'm excited for everyone to listen to that. But I have a money, Damian Harris uh, comp there. Damian Harris is next on our players to avoid going in the sixth round. I mean, it just, just there's a lot of issues in this backfield with. With New England, you know, starting with the fact that the quarterback to start the season is going to get the rushing touchdowns. And then also that they have other running backs that they always platoon and utilize. So going in a six is just just too pricey for someone with those types of red flags. This is the worst ADP, I think, for for me, for for, all these players to
1: avoid. Connor. Worse than, oh, yeah, worse than. College. I would much rather have James. Well, I mean, I don't say much rather, but he's going around two rounds later. And if he can stay healthy, I think they're like, I
2: actually like him better. If if Chase Edmonds could die and James Conner gets a starting job yeah, and he but, still won't produce. Damien Harris I is know. different. Like, Damian Harris could, well, like, he just needs James White to die and then he needs Sonny Michelle to die and then he needs Cam Newton to die. But then I think at that point he might produce. Yes. Yeah, so, wait. So, so we
1: agree. I, I would. I mean, James Conner. Wait. So you'd rather have Damian Harris if you if you had a, a yeah. gun to your head and they're like you'd rather have Damian Harris. See, I wouldn't. There's still. They're still Michelle there, and they had this. Well, that's um, what I'm saying. It Stevenson he, guy who who rushed for over 100 yards. I just. I think James Conner can be fine if he can. The health thing is the biggest thing with James Conner. It's a big, big question mark, nonetheless. But Damian Harris, again, in between the 20s, assuming he's the starter. I mean, Belichick is always. Always mixing it up. I, I never want to bet on a New England Patriots running back, and there's no reason to with Damon Harris because he's not that good, anyways.
2: So I know. six I just, it's, it's kind of like guys. When you when is everyone going to learn their lesson?
1: Yeah, with with Sunny Michelle, it was a little bit different. We we had this idea that he'd be somewhat explosive. He could catch some passes. He he's caught in zero. He, he doesn't catch any passes. Damon Harris doesn't catch anything. Um, you're, you're really banking on him just being an absolute workload, you know, workhorse in between the twenties, getting goal line carries six rounds, just incredibly pricey. And and to piggyback on your, uh, your, your teasing the, the comp for same play different round, it is a very good comp. Um, there are a lot of decent comps for Damon Harris with other running backs you can get later. Um, you know, like the, the Tampa Bay running backs, you wait a round or two later, get a Ronald Jones,
2: who's
1: Better than Damian Harris. So there's just so many running backs you can get that are going later in the draft than Damian Harris. I, yeah, I, I don't know who else. I, I feel like we're, we're be, you know, beating a dead horse, or as you would say, beating a beating a drum.
2: Yeah, we're be, we're beating and marching to our own drum. All right, let's go to our last player on the list here, uh, Raheem Mostert. I like Trey Sermon, seventh. Two full rounds later, a little more that 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 you know. <laughs> That pick has that unknown kind of sexy upside. But in reality, even that has very much its own inherent risk in Trey Sermon, for sure. But if we're going to go and draft Roheem Mostert two rounds before that, when he's proven he also can't stay healthy, has never had more than like 137 carries on the full season, uh, we know that they're going to rotate other people. Like, this is just too much. Just too
1: much. Yeah. Some things just aren't meant to be the, the, the Raheem Mostert, um, like being a, this, this fantasy monster. It's just, it, it just has never been true. It's never been, never been real. I, I'm not buying it. I'm not chasing that. Like I, I'm not going to co- constantly like try and chase the, the Raheem Mostert that, that everybody thinks he is. I'm just, I'm just not going to be involved in that. I'm going to stay away. And, and if he has that one breakout year and you, you, know, his fantasy owners catch lightning in a ball, good for them. Um, But I, I, yeah, I I agree 100%. Staying away from Raheem Mostert,
2: avoiding him like the plague. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. No reason to go down that route. I mean, at least Kareem Hunt's going to be on the field probably all season and contribute RB2 territories to go back and help support my Kareem Hunt argument. Um, but these are the players that we really feel like you should not fall into any other traps and, and select. You know, we went really just into the 8th round. There's a lot of people afterwards that we're not fans of. But at that point, um, it's really hard to screw up your draft by, you know, missing on ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th rounders. So we'll we'll uh, skip the all of that depth of players because a lot of them are very unsexy as well in the first place. So anyhow, those are our players to avoid. Next episode, we're going to do same player, different rounds. Excited to go over it. We are the NFL Talking Heads.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Try saying that three times fast with your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lull. We'll catch you next time.